Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome nerd. Now generating episode 96. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dan. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. So, Christian, how was your Halloween? Um, it went fine. You know, a lot of people recognized who I was, even though, like, so, so here's the story. Well, tell people who you were, first of Ex- all. Okay. I was Squidward. My girlfriend was SpongeBob. Okay, just in case they didn't hear the last couple episodes. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna get there. Okay. Um, but the problem was, is I didn't buy enough face paint. Okay. So, like, I had enough to cover my, um, like, my bonnet thing that I was using for my head shape. And then a nose that I molded out of, like, self... It was very all last minute, Damon. I did it super last minute. Which is hilarious because <laughs> if anyone knows you, that makes perfect sense. But ah. you've been planning it for a month. Because we've talked about uh-huh. it. We've chronicled it on the podcast. But yet you still did it last minute. Exactly. Okay. Um, Classic Christian. <laughs> So you had enough face paint for the head bonnet and the nose and the nose, but so, not your face. Yeah, but which I shaved my face for. Which yes, was... which was just as horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's only a few people in the mm. world who could pull off a mustache, and you're not one of them. Oh, unfortunately. thanks. Well, <laughs> there's only few, like Tom Selleck uh-huh. is one of the few, so it's okay. Mm. Why did you just keep the mustache? Just because thought... if I take off the mustache, I look ten. It's just... But if you keep the mustache... It goes from 20 to 10. But if you keep the mustache, you just look like a creep. (laughs) My facial hair grows in back, I'll be fine. Yes, within a day, right? (laughs) You're a hairy bastard like me, so... But yeah, no, it's... So so people knew who you were, though? Yes. Well, thank God. Um, One of the things I did was I took uh, one of Squidward's paintings. It's from a famous episode of his... And I printed out a bunch of them. So when someone recognized me or someone like came up to me, I just passed out his paintings to people. Wow. While I was clubbing. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So and this was so you were out on Thursday, right? You're yeah. actually on Halloween. Look at that. I'm an old man where like it's the weekday. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, I took the next day off and I'm I'm, I'm I'm a fully adult now, Damon. I have a driver's license. Okay, let's not push it. Let's be <laughs> Because you have a driver's license. Uh, they give that to 16-year-olds, Christian. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so super easy test. Yeah, no, I'm totally going through like the Halloween hangover and everything. Oh, yeah. Like I always get super depressed the you know, the day after Halloween. So I mean I look forward to Halloween all year round. Yeah, know? I can't I, I couldn't tell. Yes, yes, sitting in this basement. <laughs> um full of horror decor. But yeah, no, I, I so I always go through this withdrawal and everything mm. like that. But I'm going to be okay. Don't well, worry. we're in Chicago. How did you handle the usual trick-or-treating? Well, you, there was a blizzard uh-huh. the, the day of <laughs> Halloween. It was, you know, we've had snow before here on Halloween, but this was the most snow I've ever seen on the ground during Halloween in my, like, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I was a little worried at first when we uh, got to our destination where we were trick-or-treating with my daughter and everything because there was no one on the street. So it was kind of a ghost town. Um, but slowly but surely, trick-or-treaters like started to come out okay. and like brave the weather and everything. And at that point, the snow kind of broke too. Mm-hmm. It just, I was... I. You know, being a Chicagoan, like, I'm used to, like, you know, having to trick-or-treat with a winter jacket on. You know, my thing was, when I was a kid, you know, my parents would just, because it was the 80s, so my parents would just send me out, uh-huh. you know, trick-or-treat. But then me and my friends would, like, find a place where we could take off our jackets and hide them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, catch pneumonia as we're yes, trick-or-treating. So, but I, I felt like I had to be the responsible parent and like, no, honey, you've got to wear your coat over your Ray costume. I'm sorry. So like, there's no, like, you're looking at, I, like, I took a couple pictures and you have no idea. Like, it's even <laughs> Halloween, honestly. She's got a fancy coat, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, it was a typical Chicago trick-or-treat, hmm. you know, I Halloween. I should you not, I totally forgot about trick-or-treaters. So when I was on my way home, I saw someone walking up to my door. And I'm like, who the fuck is, who are these people? <laughs> You're getting ready to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Why are people knocking on my house? Uh, right. Yeah, no, no. It's, we had maybe, when we got home around like seven-ish, we maybe had one group of trick-or-treaters and that was it. It was a little depressing. So I think the weather definitely kept a lot of people away mm-hmm. this year. So, I mean, it was like a fucking blizzard though, so. There's always next year. Yes. Maybe Merry, climate will change. Right. Merry Halloween. So, <laughs> all right. So, Christian, without further ado, let's go ahead and talk the news. Every week, we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in nerdum. We are not mild-mannered reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions. All right. Let's get into the news, Damon. Uh, starting up, we have the Batman casting, uh, possibly... This, or, this is like weekly. Exactly. At this point. Like this should just be a separate segment of the show. Uh, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut it's you all right. off. Um, <laughs> they're eyeing Andy Circus for Alfred, and they're also looking at Colin Farrell for the Penguin. Um, I'm a fan of both of these choices. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I hope it's like a done deal. So it sounds like some news outlets were actually reporting it like it was a done deal, but we haven't heard the official no. word yet. Nothing's on paper just yet. Yes, yes. Um, how do you feel about it? You know, at first, I think I brought it up where I was like, I feel like they should be switched. But, you know, now I've seen people putting out the, uh, the cos- fan art the fan art and stuff. I'm like, who's it? Bozic? Okay, I get it. Right? Bozic is like the big fan artist mm-hmm. who does really awesome work. His uh, Alfred was fantastic. Um, totally what I was kind of thinking, I think a lot of people were, of this like badass version of the character mm. with Andy Serkis playing him and everything, where he's just a little like off-hinged. <laughs> um, it makes sense for like the person who would have raised Bruce, you know, yes. to be someone like that. The, sh- the Gotham show kind of played with that idea and everything, like, you know... Alfred having this kind of background of being like, you know, I think he's like X, you know, whatever the yeah, British version of... Whatever. The British version of like CIA or something like MI6 that, right? or whatever, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the comics have played with it too, but it, I like that. I like that idea mm. for Alfred. I think Andy Serkis would just bring something different that we haven't seen at least on the screen. Yes, but I, I still think he'd make an amazing penguin. He would make an amazing pretty much any like rogue yes. like <laughs> gallery, you know, character for well, Batman. I was originally thinking Hush for Andy Serkis. If he was ever well, Hush play. has to be the same age as Bruce, though. That's the that's the only thing. 
And then, like, you were talking about Colin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll talk about the aging later on in the episode. Yes. Uh, but also, like, Colin Farrell also feels a little too young to play Alfred. Just in my... And I know he's probably close to 50 yeah, at this he's, point. Yeah, he's up there. But, you know, and this is a younger Batman. But for, still, in my mind, he's, like, in his 30s. Mm. So, um, But I like the idea of him, uh, Colin Farrell as Penguin. Yeah, he can play that kind of, like, seedy underboss and stuff like that. But just a little off. He's mm-hmm. always a little off-kilter as an actor, too. Like, a lot of the characters that he portrays. So. I can totally see where they picked up from this, from, like, what he's recently done with the Harry Potter films. He's got mm-hmm. that kind of character. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I mean, he was uh, Johnny Depp's, like, alter ego in the first film. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I did not know that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not a big fan of Wizard Boys, so, uh... Muggle. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and proud. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I... I don't know, man. I, I More and more, like, I hear, like, the casting rumors, and I, I get more excited for this mm-hmm. film, even though it's, like, four years away. <laughs> <laughs> Yet we talk about it every fucking episode. It's the Batman, But man. it's smart. It's mm-hmm. smart marketing on their part. Like, just slowly leak these, like, you know, casting decisions and everything like that. You know, get, you know, people stirred up and excited for it. Especially with all the success of the Joker recently. So it's just a way to keep the character, like, in people's minds. Now, I, I know this isn't on our agenda, but there has been, like, an idea from the studio to continue to do more villain-centric films. And one of the ones that has been coming around as a rumor is a Lex Luthor one with no Superman, where it's kind of just following him turning into a president. And I just don't know if that works the same way. So that was a DC storyline mm-hmm. with Lex where he does eventually get elected president. Um, It could work. I don't know if I necessarily want to see it. I don't know if it's as... I don't know, interesting to me mm-hmm. as you know, watching the Joker. Well, I feel like origin. when you when you take away because the thing that makes you know Lex Luthor such a badass is that he's doing all this in spite of like some of the greatest minds out there being heroes to go up against him. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's become he's proving that he's better than all these guys. Yes, in his own right. So without them there, what kind of store like? Who is he besting and who is he, you know, I feel like that takes away from his character. Well, too, and like in Lex's mind, he is, you know, humanity's version of Superman. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, drives him is the fact that, you know, there's someone out there, you know, his ego. So can't handle someone out there bettering him, you know, especially an outsider. I think my fear is DC is going to get into this, like... I don't know. They're going to feel like we need, like, this works, this Mm -hmm. formula of, like, oh, you know, these heroist, like, origin stories for our villains, that's what's hot right now, and they're going to keep on fucking, you know, milking that cow, you know, until it just doesn't make any sense anymore. And I feel like it only, it it shouldn't be in a way where it ruins it, so like, oh, we can't use this character now in, um, like, a Batman film, or Superman or Gone on the Road because we're like we're we're seeing these great portrayals or lesser portrayals at some point, mm. um, and they want to either integrate them into a franchise or not integrate them. I think Joker's origin mm. works without Batman. 
Yes. You know, where Lex's origin doesn't necessarily work without Superman. I feel like his turn comes when Superman arrives. You know, when he first lets himself yes. be known. Um, so I, I really don't know if that would work. So unless it's like just like the corruption of that character, like the very end. But... Without Superman making him bald, what's the point? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, do you do like Smallville? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I just 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 cash in on good ideas. Don't yes. fucking feel like oh well this works so I gotta go ahead and cash. You know, milk the cash cow now and do well, it to all my villains. That's my that and that feels like such a Warner Brother thing to do. Oh, absolutely. So that's a huge fear. I'm hoping. For I'm me. hoping that you know they're with everything that they're pushing towards with HBO Max and everything that. They're just going to go off their successes and do something better. That's just qual like quality control now. Yes. Rather yes. than like, oh, this was successful. Let's just do a bunch of this. I just want them to do quality control from here on. Out. Yeah, just that's it. Quality stories mm-hmm. over, you know, just this, you know, mass content of, you know, we're gonna push everything just to push it. So we'll we'll see what happens. Well, though. speaking I of, I don't trust them. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Speaking of, uh, you know, going on with the cash cow. Sony's coming out with another Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. We we saw this coming, of course. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with it. I have no. I think it makes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like your segue, sir. (laughs) What are you trying to imply here? Well, Um, that's that's just the main concern when I whenever I talk about Sony. It's like, are they just doing this for money? Oh, Sony's definitely doing it for money. (laughs) Absolutely. But Um, this was. A great property that came out. I, was it this year or last year? It like, was last year. Last year. It was yes. last year. Yeah. No. <laughs> Don't do that to me, man. Um, it feels like five years ago uh-huh. at this point. So yeah. So they basically gave us a date for uh, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel. Um, and that is April 8th, 2022. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a ways out. But I mean, it's animated. So yeah, that always got a takes, lot of work. takes time. <laughs> Right, especially the like style that mm-hmm. they're going for and everything like that. Um, but uh, uh, Miller and Lord will be back helming the project, so that's good news because mm-hmm. they obviously killed it the first time around. Um, the one disappointing aspect for me, and this is just, I was hoping, and I know I should have known better, to just get a standalone Miles story. Um, I, I was hoping that we wouldn't go right back to the Spider Verse at mm-hmm. this point. But, I mean, obviously, you know, it's Sony. So, and it works, but I don't know. I just don't want them to beat us over the head with that. And it just become, like like we were talking about before, like formulaic, where, you know, okay, well, here we go. Here's this group of spider characters that we've never met before. And here's this wacky version of the character. I'd rather just kind of, like, live with Miles for a movie and get to know him as a character before we go ahead and throw him into the Spider-Verse again. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm happy to get Miles more in general, but I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised that after the first one, they didn't start doing like, I don't know, like mini films of each one. Like a Spider-Ham movie? Exactly. (laughs) I'm surprised that that didn't happen or it wasn't in the works. Yeah. No, I am sure they thought about it Mm. and hopefully someone talked them off the ledge. (laughs) But yeah, no, yeah, I could definitely see like a Spider-Man like noir and you know spin-off movie with Nicolas Cage, exactly. especially Spider-Gwen. 
Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that was rumored at one point. So and I think Spider Gwen as a character would be the one character that would work and you I think demand it's her own movie, but the other characters like I don't want to see a fucking Spider Ham movie, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, I hope we get there. Where you know we just get a solo Miles story. So maybe it'll just be a live action version. But all right, so let's move on. Yeah, Ant Man uh, Three is officially happening, Christian. How do you feel? I mean, I'm fine with it. It's not like the most exciting news for me. No. <laughs> I'm with you. But my immediate thought was, oh, this is just pushing his daughter. You know, this is to start kind of like maybe the younger group rather than just focusing on Ant-Man as a whole. That was my immediate thought when I think, oh, Ant-Man 3? What could they possibly do to push this character along? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear that Hayden Reed is coming back to direct it, you know, because I feel like he's got the tone of that character mm-hmm. down and everything. I just don't know if I want to see another movie, like, just based on Scott and his hijinks at this point. Um, and they haven't confirmed whether or not uh, Evangeline Lilly's uh, Hope Van Dang is going to be, like, sharing the, you know, top billing with Ant-Man uh, this time around. I would almost assume so. But, I would hope so. Yeah. And I, I feel, feel like Ant-Man 3 probably just sounds better than Ant-Man the Wasp Part 2 or something yeah, like Yeah, how that. do you go about that, right? Exactly. <laughs> or just give it its own title, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, But um, you, I will say Scott's character would be a great way to explore what the MCU looks, now, looks like now, five years after, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, the snap and everything like that. So... They could do that and use, you know, Casey as a character, you know, who's, you know, aged without her father and everything like that. You know, I mean, this would this probably sounds like the route that they're not going to go. It's <laughs> totally not the tone of like the first two uh-huh. movies, you know, where she's dealing with like, you know, you know, PTSDs and you know, but I, they're not going to go that way. So forget <laughs> everything I'm saying here. <laughs> no, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, yeah, she, she lived through all that. Where she's a really like <laughs> angsty teenager uh-huh. and everything like that, and she has to, she's had to grow up without her father. So what did that world look like? Did we ever? And we ne- we never found out if her mother survived. I thought her mom was on the list, but just she wasn't next to it. Was that the case? I think the mom. A lot was happened next. in that movie. So uh-huh. so then what? How was I think she... she was just alone. She was living alone in that house. I Is that like a so. nine year old? Did we like leave her when she yes, was like she nine? Was, yeah, I, I was under the impression that she was. Hopefully, she had like an uncle or an aunt who could come in. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's horrifying. It was probably uh, what's his name, the guy that like runs down the story every time. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, yeah, but it would be a fun way to kind of explore like the post snap like world of the MCU. Mm. I, I do think that you know. I mean, it wouldn't get as dark as heavy as maybe I would want it to, but, you know, I think that's a good character to do, so. I mean, if there's any character that can handle, there's a dark story behind, but, like, have Paul Rudd just, like, turn it up by the end, you know? Yeah, 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 completely, like, marvelize it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do we start getting hints at the Young Avengers here? That's what I want. As we know, like, Casey goes on to be stature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do we have a team up here where she, 
you know, gets her own powers. Oh, maybe she already her has, getting her own powers? Maybe yes. she has her own powers at this point. Ooh, you think she's been, like, playing around? Yeah, maybe she's been heroing on the side. That'd be cool. So I, I mean, could be down for that. All right. Well, I'll start writing this right <laughs> and get it over to Peyton. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll see. Good news. This looks like it's going to hit theaters around 2022. Um, and it looks like it's rumored at this point just because of the way, you know, mm-hmm. it, I think it would be technically the start of Phase 5, they were saying, um, that it would be getting that kind of July release again. So mm-hmm. I feel like the last couple movies have been in July, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But that early on, it would either have to be like the very tail end of Phase 4, or it would be like the very start exactly. of Phase 5. So we'll see. All right, well, on the horror spectrum, we have Spyglass resurrecting Ghostface in a new Scream movie. All right, and we've heard multiple rumors over the past, like, couple mm. of years about, you know, them resurrecting Ghostface. Uh, and it Horror looks... franchises are back. Yes, yes, <laughs> and I'm happy. <laughs> but it looks like that Spyglass is going to be staking claim with Ghostface. Um, they are also remaking Hellraiser. Uh, so I'm, I don't know, man. I, I'm hoping that, the, and they don't cl- really clarify in the article that we read, um, and this is from bloodydisgusting.com, but it doesn't say whether or not it's going to be a, another sequel or if this is going to be a like hard reboot. I'm hoping for a hard reboot. I don't need to see any more like David Arquette like playing you know Dewey bumbling around at the age of like 60 years old. Um, He'd do it though. <laughs> oh, he would absolutely do it in between death matches. <laughs> So you're a new AEW champion. Yeah, and it just that whole like the whole I don't know story right now is so convoluted and weird mm-hmm. that I feel like it's better just to go ahead and start fresh. So, I don't think it would bother anyone. What if they rebooted? Oh, absolutely not. I, I feel like the, after part four, mm-hmm. part four was kind of a letdown. You know, for me, I was kind of excited for it, but I've been you know let down since part one, so it's. Well, pretty much. I thought two was okay, but three was horrible. Three was awful. So I tried to rewatch three recently. I was like, this just makes no sense whatsoever. They went like way out, like fucking left field with like, you know, the whole origin and everything like that, where it's like Sydney's half brother or something weird, like, you know, planning things from the very get go. It's like, what the fuck is These going are the reasons on? he didn't make the list. Yes. <laughs> That's right. He did get an honorable mention, though. But yeah, no, yeah, fuck Ghostface. Um, so <laughs> no, I'm I would be excited for a reboot. It's that's one of the very few like horror franchises where I could actually say that like bring on a reboot at this point. All right. So speaking of another classic Wes Craven uh, movie, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street has been in the news recently. Elijah Woods Production Company. Uh, what is it called, Christian? Spectravision. Yes. Uh, they have expressed interest in uh, getting their hands on the franchise. Recently, uh, the franchise's rights have gone back to, I guess, Wes Craven's estate. So I don't know if that's cleared up room, you know, for another film. I, 
I think we talked about a last episode that it's ridiculous that it's been 10 years mm-hmm. since we've had a Nightmare on Elm Street film. And it just makes absolutely no sense why the studio wouldn't want to be capitalizing on an awesome character like Freddy Krueger. Um, make sure you go ahead and check out last episode, um, our top horror icon countdown over on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review as always. Plug, plug, plug. (laughs) Um, But um, this is good news. It could just be complete hearsay, like rumor at this point. Mm -hmm. It was just something where he just kind of talked about it in an interview, pie in the sky. You know, he would love to get his hands on the character. He, they, they, uh, I guess, were behind Mandy, Mm -hmm. um, which was a great film from last year. Um, But he would, he just kind of expressed like coming at it from a different angle you know, the character and maybe taking the character to a different place where right away as like a horror purist scares the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. But I like what Elijah Woods has like done as a producer and just as a creator in general, like as an actor, a director, um, you know, I really enjoyed him in Maniac. So I kind of trust him. Um, But would you want to see Elijah Woods play Freddy (laughs) Krueger? No, <laughs> that was my. F- I was like, "Are you just doing this because it's another <laughs> another role that you could play?" It'd be hard. Like I could see him play. Like I could, I could picture as a, it as a human. Like you know, before you know, he dies and gets burned alive by the uh, Elm Street uh, families. But I'm not going to say it's not a hunt. Like it's not a possibility. Mm-hmm. But just I don't know. Something rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that would be my only fear about this. That, that he I mean, would cast himself in the role. <laughs> I mean, if we're just throwing like our names in the hat, though, like actors, I'll, I'll pick up the franchise. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't <laughs> it's think just it's up that. for grabs. I'm sure. Just call the Craven Estate. I'm sure. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. You know, give me some backers. All uh, right. <laughs> Talk about pie in the sky. <laughs> so hopefully, we hear more news. You know, um, in the coming months. You know, maybe of an actual film. You know, we actually heard. Didn't we hear rumors of a TV show? Yes. Or TV series. I feel like we've heard a rumor for a TV show for every member of the horror icon list. Yes. At this point. Yeah. Honestly, (laughs) Pinhead, Jason, (laughs) even. Yeah. No, it's been crazy. But horror's hot right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm. Well, I feel like this. uh, I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street would be the perfect thing to pick up right after the end of Halloween. Like if they were to like if a studio were to pick it up right now, start casting, I would put that film out the next year after um, Halloween oh. kills or returns. Oh, you're or talking about like the that. Halloween franchise. Yes. Okay. After so these three are finished. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't even have to wait. Like you could do it like you know what I'm saying. I know, but that feels like like such a studio thing to do well after the Halloween films. Like, you could <laughs> fucking put it out the next like that's not how they think. That's no, not how they work. which is ridiculous. <laughs> October's big enough for multiple horror movies, goddamn. They want so. all the money on them alone. Just give me more fucking horror. <laughs> anyway, so enough cursing about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, well, hopefully something comes of this. Mm. Well, speaking of more horror, we have uh, Paranormal Activity coming in 2021. Yes, uh, Paramount went ahead and set a date for it. And like Scream... We have no announcement whether or not this is like continuing on the mm-hmm. uh, story from you know the original films, or if this is going to be a reboot. Um, the last couple of films pretty much sucked. Um, I did it. I was a fan of the first three, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna say I wouldn't mind them just rebooting at this point because they went fucking deep into like the origin and 
we got a name for it, like with like Toby and shit. Yes. And yeah, they they went pretty deep, maybe a little too deep. So I'm okay with them resetting the table and starting fresh. Oh, they could even make it about something else. Oh, absolutely. A whole new, like, mm. demon or something like or that. Or even, like, make these, like, a set of, like, different types of, like, uh, poltergeist and stuff going on. Kind of like what they were almost did with the spinoff. Do you go found footage? I would I would assume you'd have to stay found footage if it's paranormal activity. That just goes along with the name. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, I love a good ghost story. So, yeah, but, but do you I lose guess, recognition. I guess that's kind of their gimmick, mm-hmm. right, at this point. So... It's just, and nowadays everything is, you know, being captured on screen, I feel mm. like. There's more and more cameras out there, so I feel like it'd be even more, like, accessible to kind of film a movie like this where it actually logically makes sense. Yes. More people actually have security cameras all over their house. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> where it's not such a stretch. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, I like the first three films, so I, I'm for it, man. Like, give me more horror, goddammit. <laughs> well, David, since we've been talking horror, there's been a trailer that came out this week. I think today, actually. That's uh, right. For The Invisible Man. Coming soon to theaters. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not dead. I have a pile of ashes in a box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. Adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads. Don't come any closer. Hey! I'm not crazy. Please listen to me. You're saying the person trying to kill you is in the room right now, but we can't see him? He's listening. Where are you? Where are you? Show yourself. Come on. Do it. There you are. When Cecilia's abusive ex commits suicide and leaves her a fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia's work to prove that she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. So this is being directed by Lee Winnell from Saw and Insidious fame, and it is starring Elizabeth Moss. Uh, I was... I was actually pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by this trailer. Um, it's m- much more of a grounded film than I was kind of expecting, um, but I kind of like the angle they're taking with, you know, the whole concept of the character, where it's like, you know, a, a situation with an abusive relationship where she's almost being, like, haunted and, like, stalked by this character. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect that and you know my one gripe with the trailer was i felt like it kind of gave you too much information i would have liked it to see it more of almost be like psychological like is like is her ex really stalking and haunting her or you know is this a case of her just like losing her mind and i think i feel like we're gonna get that in the film but unfortunately the trailer has already shown us 
Yes. It is an invisible man Yes. There. Yes. To that point, though, the gimmick of the invisibility, like, the gimmick of invisibility, I feel like, I don't know, they need to maybe stretch it a little or add something else, you know? Because, mm. I mean... Is someone being invisible, is that enough to, like, ruin your life? Like, is this something that we can kind of defeat rather easily at this point? I just feel like all it takes is, like, really, like, a can of paint or, (laughs) (laughs) like, a sheet, a bed sheet and a gun. And then you could probably overcome the invisible man. Well, if he has, like, if he can be injured normally, like... Can you just bat him down one just, day and he yeah, can't I, come after you anymore? So, like, for me, the Invisible Man is Claude Rains, the cackling mm-hmm. lunatic who thinks he's going to take over the world because he's fucking invisible. As ridiculous as that sounds. Uh, but, like, if that's not an aspect of this character and it's just kind of, like, to torture his acts, I, I can get into that, but I feel like he needs to be kind of powered up if you will like you know maybe he's you know bulletproof or something like that like is this guy like a fucking scientist who figured out a way to just become invisible so he could torture his ex because that's fucked up (laughs) i feel like he's not the scientist but he was just wealthy enough to get people behind the research okay and they they kind of play that up in the trailer where Mm -hmm. it talks about he's leaving her five million dollars but she has to prove her sanity, is yes. it? She right? has to prove that she is, like... It's competent, mentally competent, competent yes. right? And, of course, you know, him being invisible, she, no, he can't be proven. Like, that can't be proven. Yes. I so guess. basically, I'm going to drive you insane. <sighs> so, I, I don't know. I, I dig what I saw. And I, I know Elizabeth Moss can pull off this character that she's playing in this film. So, I was very much excited by that. But the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, this could be like kind of cheesy and dumb if it's just an invisible man running around knocking <laughs> shit over. Because there's a scene in the trailer where like she's sitting across from him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's sitting in a chair, invisible, of course, but you can see the impression and she's like, but someone walks in and she's like, I'm staring at someone. Someone's in this chair right across from me. I was like, well, fucking go after him. Lunch after, you know. Take, get a gun. You know, I, it just feels like it's Yeah, he something... can't run to those exits any yes. faster than a normal person. Yes, right? Like, <laughs> I feel like it's something easily overcome, you know? Um, like I said, a can of paint. All it takes <laughs> is a can of paint. And even a butcher knife. And you're done. Mm-hmm. No more invisible man. And it'd be really easy to, to hide an invisible body. So there's no proof that you killed anyone. <laughs> He's already like dead technically, right? Uh-huh. So he faked his own death. So I mean, I don't know. End of the movie. <laughs> Five million dollars richer. Five million dollars richer. <laughs> so, but you know, I'm such a universal like monster fan mm-hmm. and like purist that it's it's hard for me to see like I don't know a different take on the movie. Maybe I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting. To see someone in a smoking jacket fucking cackling like a madman. <laughs> but I do hope there's like a scene where he's like wearing bandages and shit like that. Just a little homage to, you know, the original character. But that's just me. It's probably totally not needed at all. You know, and I get the more grounded approach hmm. and everything. And I, I like the idea that it'd be more of a psychological horror movie. But don't spoil it in the fucking trailer. Exactly. 
at least it doesn't look like anything that they were doing before with the Universal Monsters, and that's something I can at least be happy for. Yes, yes, <laughs> which was the complete opposite direction. Exactly. That those movies didn't look, at least the one movie got. Now that would have had a cackling uh, fucking Invisible Man in it. Absolutely, though. but there's nothing wrong with that. No. You know, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as Tom Cruise isn't in it, we're good, right? <laughs> I remember the first fucking the, the not to talk. I feel like we've talked about the mummy a lot, uh-huh. <laughs> even though I've never seen it. But I remember <laughs> seeing that trailer and like the first like two minutes of it. I'm like, I I thought it was another Mission Impossible movie because like it opens up yeah, with like him on a plane mm-hmm. and like people shooting out of the fucking plane and Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is a mummy movie. What the fuck. <laughs> It just made no sense whatsoever. He wanted the plane stunt in the movie. That's yeah. how, That's why that's there. Why does he feel like he has to do all these <laughs> insane stunts nowadays? That's just his thing, man. Like, he's just over the... Like, this is like the Mission Impossible phase of his career at this point. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he went through, like, the Jerry Maguire, like, phase where he was trying to win an Oscar. And now it's just all fucking action and him, you know, beating the shit out of people. He's got to be, like, 70 years old, right? He's not 70. 60? He? He's got to be 60. I'm not Googling it. Anyway. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so let's not go down the Tom Cruise rabbit hole any further. <laughs> let's move on. We got another trailer, right, Christian? Yes. Yeah, speaking of monsters, we had The Witcher. I've heard tales of your kind, Witcher. <laughs> You're a mutant, created by magic, roaming the continent. We don't want your kind here. Hunting monsters for a price. I thought you'd have fangs or horns or something. I had them filed down. (laughs) People call you a monster too. Why not kill them? Because then I am what they say I am. All of our choices draw our destinies closer. If he is out there, there is still hope. I have to find Carol to reveal. Don't judge me. They say witches can't feel human emotion. What do you believe in? Evil is evil. Lesser. Greater. Middling. It's all the same. Alright, Geralt of Rivia, a solitary monster hunter, struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than beast all right christian so um i don't know like the video game or Mm -hmm. anything so i just like literally literally just watched the trailer and it felt like van helsing meets game of thrones oh yeah so (laughs) (laughs) i would say it's like van helsing x-men game of thrones okay yeah but i'm not talking about like good i'm not talking about like hugh jackman like van helsing uh, not that level. That, okay. Not that bad. Just, I don't know. It just, like, just uh, aspects. <laughs> Maybe done better, but it just it felt like there's aspects of that there. 
Um, it felt like they're really playing up the Game of Thrones vibe. Like there was hardly any yeah. supernatural aspect to. And maybe that's just because they're, they're not finished with those types of. I'm hoping they're not just finished with those effects yet. Or maybe they were just you know Game of Thrones is hot and you know we <laughs> want to play that up. Oh no, yeah, this def- that trailer definitely makes me feel like Game of Thrones season one. Okay. Like those early trailers when you were first seeing it. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's smart on that part. Mm-hmm. You know, that audience is looking for something new at this point. So why not try to capture them? But exactly. yeah, um, Henry Cavill looked awesome, though. Yeah. It's surprising. Like those first images we got, like a lot of people were complaining. You know, he doesn't have in the game, he has two swords one for monsters, one for humans. Um, so he doesn't have the two swords in the. Okay. In this trailer, he doesn't have two swords. I'm assuming we'll I'm, probably get there. Yes, right. <laughs> Relax. But at the same time, he mastered the voice. It's been the same voice actor in the last few games, and he mastered that voice. I feel like he's pretty unrecognizable. Yes. Like in this role, so like, <laughs> I, if if I didn't know, you know, already that's him, I would have I would have not recognized him. I was all. so surprised to hear that. Yeah. So I. It, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's something outside of the box for him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I enjoy him as an actor. You know, I thought he would have, if he had the right scripts, he would have made it a great Superman. Unfortunately, he didn't have the right script. <laughs> <laughs> we can't fully judge his work until we've seen the Snyder Cut. All right, Damon? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you and the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Who else is in this? Anyone we know? You know, there's not many names that are prominent to me. There's nothing wrong with that, though. I mean, it looked well done. Yes. So, and it and that's looked, all I could really ask for out of this. Yeah, and it looked epic mm-hmm. too. It looked like like on a grand scale, at least, which I I don't know anything about the story. <laughs> the story is massive. Okay. And like the books are even deeper than the games ever get to. So it's just was this a book first? Yes, it was a book first, and then CD Projekt read that. The game that I'm wanting to play next year, they're making that, um, um, Cyberpunk. Okay. Um, they made a game series out of this. And, really? And it was just kind of like, I don't know, it just it hit the fans in the right way. It was the right type of RPG. Um, Does that happen a lot where they like video game companies are taking actually like no properties from, like, from books, books? Not often. And creating content. Mm-hmm. Especially something like this, where it's such deep lore, almost like Lord of the Rings style type of lore, you know what I'm saying? It just almost feels like backwards. Mm-hmm. Usually it would. It seems like it would be like a, a show first, then becomes, you know, a movie, and then they try to like novelize it or something exactly. like that. So well, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's, it's a game that you recommend? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now I've only played the third one, and I've watched and hooked up a lot of the lore from the first two mm-hmm. so but the third one's almost a it's considered a masterpiece okay in gaming so all right well i mean when is this uh show uh, due to come out yeah it comes out december 20th uh 2019 oh so year. it's right around the corner exactly all right something else to look yeah, people to. are looking at it as like something that combatants uh disney plus that's how excited some people are for this series are like people Feeling the need to combat like Disney. Well, they're Plus. they're afraid. They're like Netflix and all of Netflix's oh. uh, investors are worried that Disney Plus is going to come in and just suck everything out. Oh, uh, you're talking about like corporations. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought you meant like fans. I was like, are there like a, a sect of fans who are like anti Disney Plus for some no. reason? Because <laughs> it sounds all fucking great to me. Oh. So. Um, <laughs> You know, more content. I just the better. Signed up today. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll 
I'll be signing up soon. Uh, but yeah, that's a week away, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Next man. Tuesday. What a world we live in. Start the Mandalorian soon. Yes. God damn it. All right, Christian. So you know what time it is. Yes. Speaking of video games, it's time for Christian's Corner. So a couple weeks ago, I brought up that, you know, there's lots of games coming out. I was picking up some. Um, the Outer Worlds was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out. I've been putting tons of hours into it because it's just incredibly fun. Um, it's kind of like a pick-your-own-adventure type game. Um, it's in the vein of Fallout because it has kind of a lot of the studio that worked on the earlier Fallout games, Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. Um, it has a lot to do with, like, you know, just to give you a little idea, it has a lot to do with, um, you know, c- corporations have, like, been able to move out, build their own civilizations, and now you're kind of like, you're a random stranger in this kind of world just figuring out what's going on type of deal. And then from there, you know, you pick and choose what you want to do. The main storyline is, like, you were on a ship that they just kind of let float out into space, and um, a scientist wakes you up, and now you're in this new world. Okay. Um... It is very campy. It's very fun. If you like um, like Firefly, it takes a ton of like those aspects and puts it in there. It's like basically Firefly the game, like Josh, Josh, Josh Whedon type Firefly verse okay. type items. That's definitely like the kind of vibe you're getting. It's it's fun. It's um, you know you're a scoundrel. The game is definitely made for you to make choices that are going to be you know. There's always a bad aspect and a good aspect to every choice you make. Okay. And that's what makes it so much more fun. And like the from the beginning, you know, I'm already sitting there like I made these choices. I already want to go back in and start over and see what these choices would have led to something else. Now, I'm about like 12 hours in so far, okay. uh, which the game isn't super long. Um, many people have already finished it and have started over. Um, it's meant to be replayed because there are so many drastic um, choices that you can make throughout the game. Oh, that's cool. But, um, yeah, from the very beginning, I started off on this planet, and, you know, you get to choose, you know, do you help this civilization that's kind of gone against the corporation that's working on this planet, um, or do you help the corporation on that planet? I didn't like the guy that I was talking to, so I just said, fuck him, and I sent the power over to the group that wasn't working with the corporation. And <laughs> Just because you didn't like the guy's attitude. I just didn't like the guy's attitude. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just how I was playing, and um, you know, you pick up um, you pick up your first companion on this planet and everything, and you know, once I went over there because I needed to get a part for my ship to work off of out of the corporation's like uh, buildings, okay. so I go back. The dude is like pissed off because I've sent all of their power to somewhere else. Um, I I pretty much intimidate him. I'm like. You know, fuck you. I'm going to go get my part and you better leave me alone or I'm going to kill all your people. Uh, <laughs> well, it's nice that you have all this freedom. In exactly. The game, so. um, you know, he gets intimidated by it. And when I'm leaving, I just decide because one of the aspects of the game is everyone is killable except for maybe one person, I believe, is not killable in the game. I just shoot him in the face. Okay. Now, there are consequences for that? There are completely consequences for that because immediately after I shot him in the face, my new companion looks at me and like, what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> that was my boss that was someone i cared about okay and she immediately tries to run away i had to like convince her to stay with me interesting and get on my ship and there's and that's just kind of how it is throughout the entire game you make extreme choices and it can go either way 
throughout the entire experience. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> so every time you restart the game, yes, you can just just multiple choices exactly. and possibilities mm-hmm. of, you know, a different storyline playing out. And if you put, you know, you put your stats in different types of communication, you could just lie your way through the whole game. You could persuade people to do things, give you the things that you need rather than doing their quests. So it's just like so many different elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that I make I feel like it just makes it such a replayable game rather than it being, you know, this grand open scale open world I mean um, experience that we would get in a traditional like Fallout or Skyrim type RPG. Okay. Oh and if you're investing how much money into the game. Exactly like that's, sixty bucks. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, something that you can go back to and over and over again. So. Exactly. And I love the feeling of like I'm Han Solo just fucking around in space, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and if you yeah, if you feel like it, you just go ahead and blow someone's head off. And exactly. <laughs> I haven't done that again since. But then. it's cool that there there are consequences for yes. that, and it alters the storyline. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, if I ever have to go back to that planet, that town's going to be pretty much closed off to me or pissed off at me. Have they give you like a number of like possible outcomes? Like, is there like? Um, I know unlimited? I haven't seen the ending, so. I know that there's like you there's parts where you could be on the board side, um, mm-hmm. the like board of corporations, or you can be on different factions. It's just basically who you've been working for. Working Is with. there a hard conclusion to the game? I or? believe so. Okay, but I haven't I haven't gotten there just yet. Okay, because I'm taking my. You said you're side. twelve hours in. Like, mm-hmm. how much more of the game do you have left? Um, I would because I'm I'm doing it really slowly. I'm going. I'm just like uh, running around just each exploring. planet. As I'm, yeah, exploring. Uh, I would say maybe I have thirty percent more of the game to do. Oh, okay, okay. So, but that's awesome that you could just you know start over. Exactly. Again and, you know, you actually want to. It's, mm. You're entertained enough where you want to keep on replaying. Absolutely. Game, so. And you know, a lot of people. It, this kind of varies for people, but I think the game world looks beautiful. Each planet has a very distinct, different look to it. Uh, I feel like the the side missions in general, uh, while they are kind of forced at times. They're, they're still enjoyable. There's never been a point where I've, you know, sat there and said, oh, man, this is just kind of boring and I don't want to do this. You know, I, I've enjoyed every aspect. And I, I actively go out of my way to, like, talk to strangers and get extra side missions and so I can keep playing on different planets. You know, I just, I've enjoyed every aspect of it. The, um, the gun models are super sci-fi, yet they're, they're not, like, wacky. You know, mm-hmm. everything looks like... It's this weird in-between where it's like um, there's games that have just gone way too far where it's like, of course, it's like classic bubble-shaped guns and stuff like that. This so hyper-reality. This, exactly. This looks like nice and grounded but still like funny mm-hmm. in a way. All right. All right, man. So it's definitely a game you recommend. Yes, absolutely. I would say go pick it up. Um, this weekend, I'm definitely I'm picking up Death Stranding. And I should be picking up Need for Speed, so we should be able to talk about at least one of them. That's the mushroom <laughs> pissing it. Yes. Okay. Death Stranding is the mushroom <laughs> pissing Can't game. wait to hear about it. What I've heard about the game so far, uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> You're making weird connections across the U.S., so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I just saw a commercial with like Daryl carrying a fetus... Yeah, like into a spaceship or <laughs> a something. bridge baby, a BB. I was like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> it's the mushroom pissing game. Exactly. All right, man. So uh, let's move on. Yes. It's time for a movie review, Christian. You saw something over the weekend. Yeah, I saw Terminator: Dark Fate. Bop, 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 bop. 
And now, our feature presentation. Talk. Talk fast. Who first? My name is Sarah Connor. August 29, 1997. It was supposed to be Judgment Day. But I changed the future. Saved three billion lives. Enough of a resume for you? No. You may have changed the future, but you didn't change our fate. You. Never seen one like you before. Almost human. I am human. Just enhanced. Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. Sarah! I can see you're very upset. I'm going to help you protect the girl. Sarah Connor and a hybrid cyborg human must protect a young girl from a newly modified liquid Terminator from the future. Christian, that sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) It should. It should. All right. So I've I've been a long time Terminator fan. I love the first two films. Um, The sequels, not so much. You know, um, <laughs> damn straight. <laughs> I think when I was younger, I was more accepting of Terminator Three, but as as I've rewatched it, yeah, and, it's a hot uh, mess. It's it's garbage. Uh-huh. Um, Terminator Salvation had some good elements. It did. Um, Christian Bale was kind of cool in it, I guess, except when he's like screaming. And, uh, like, <laughs> you remember that? Like he's yes. something with like Terminators in water, and yeah, I tuned out at that point, just yelling at the top of his. It lungs. wasn't a good movie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I enjoyed the fact that they were trying something different mm-hmm. with the franchise at that point they weren't like going back to the whole trope yeah. of you know them trying to protect John Connor we actually got to exactly. see that I was excited to see the war future. yes mm-hmm. exactly um, Genesis tried to like days of future past it and it didn't work <laughs> no not at all um, so now we're here we're racing everything that we saw before Everything after T2 is what is is there. Okay. T1, T2, forget everything else. Okay. Um, Terminator, th- uh, I want to call it Terminator 3. Terminator Dark Fate is uh, kind of like what, I mean, what they're saying. It's a, it's another Dark Fate of the same type of volition. Um, the film is a, you know, a campier Terminator 2, I would say. Um, okay. If you enjoy 90s action films, you're going to enjoy this film. Well, I enjoy 90s action films, so... But there's a lot to it where it's like, I can't take it seriously. Um, okay. You know... So it's aspects. the bad aspects of 90s yeah, action exactly. films. Is it just too over the top? Um, I would say everything with Arnold Schwarzenegger is too over the top. Okay. Um, everything else was fine. Like I had no problem with the, um, the cyborg um, that's protecting our main character throughout this film. Um, I didn't have any problem with Linda Hamilton. I thought she had the appropriate responses to everything that was going on. Is she as much of a badass as she is in the trailers? 
Yes. Okay. Okay. Because th- that was the one selling point for me. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, oh, maybe I'll actually go see this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, she stays true. You know, she is definitely, like, exactly the same character she was in T2. Okay. Where she's just, you know, her first introduction is just matter of, it almost feels like matter of factly. Where she just gets out of the car and immediately starts attacking um, this brand new Terminator, which is called the Rev-9. Uh, it's very similar to the uh, T-1000. But it's kind of like, it's it's almost like a T-800 and a T-1000 had a baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because you get, um, it can separate itself and have a liquid version of itself and the normal Terminator. Now I just got a really like gross picture of like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and uh, Patrick, what's his name? <laughs> That's not something anyone wants uh-huh. to imagine. <laughs> so yeah, um, overall, I the movie was good. I would say it's it's the best sequel we've ever gotten since T two. Okay, um, that's saying very little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I could easily see like my idea if they were to continue is maybe it's a brand new like um, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Okay, I could see that. I don't know if I need a movie franchise going forward from here. Oh, so you're saying you'd rather see like a TV yes. series? Okay. I would rather them scale down and tell me simpler stories. So, what worked in this film? Um, Work-wise, I, I would say the characterization of the cyborg and her relationship to the new, uh, and spoilers, of course, uh, the new resistance leader. Um, I thought their relationship made sense. Uh, it was too, but a lot of it is too on the nose, is what I want to say. That's the child that they're trying to protect? Yes. Okay. Um, you know... Throughout the film, they're they're like hiding the fact that she's the new leader, and it's very painfully obvious. Like every time they go to say like you know why are they keeping her alive? Like why is she so important? They immediately cut a, like they immediately like ignore the question. You know, okay. it's like or Linda Han- Linda Hamilton's character will bring up, oh yeah, she's just the new me. You know, it's like someone's obviously not saying what she is okay. to them and everything. So it's way too on the nose with that. Okay. Um, and spoilers. Exactly. You know. um, <laughs> so John Connor is in this film. Yes, the what's, very beginning. Okay, and that doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> what's his fate? Um, he is killed by another Terminator, another T-800 that's just been, I guess, hunting him this whole time. They're down in Mexico having a good time. It, <laughs> It's like... but. It, it's funny because it's it sounded exactly like him. He's talking to just some random girl at a bar. Okay, <laughs> is this an older version of the character? No, it's it's still the young kid. Oh, really? But they're just down in Mexico having a good time, and he's just trying to hit on another like teen girl. There. This is right after T two, then. Pretty much, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. It, he looked the exact same, but it, it, that scene works and doesn't work because like I get what they were trying to do, but everyone de aged. Including Schwarzenegger, just looked like I was watching a cartoon for about uh, five minutes. Okay, so Linda Hamilton's in there. Yes, Arnold's in there, and so it and like it seems like in Hollywood, like the de aging thing is like everyone's new favorite toy. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to do it the same quality as like the Marvel movies did, it's like don't fucking touch exactly. it at this point. So it just didn't come off well. No, it wasn't convincing. It looked like um, that that one Netflix show. Where it was the, uh, the all the animations, oh, like it was that level of oh, almost really? CG looking, 
I was right. like, because yeah, Edward Furlong's <laughs> like fifty now. Exactly. So. <laughs> oh, it was definitely not him. It was definitely some kid that they probably just uh, masked over. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> huh. So he immediately gets shotguns. That's that's his fate there. Does it cheapen T <laughs> two at all? I think it cheapens it in the way where it's like, you know, we thought you know she ended this whole thing, but I guess the Terminators that were set back are still hunting them. Well, and uh, to be fair, all the sequels you know that we had previously kind of you know shit all over T two yeah. at this point anyway, but. Yeah, that's unfortunate that he couldn't find a way to do this movie without, you know, kind of going back. I guess, but in a way, I mean, you you continue that story for Linda Hamilton. Mm -hmm. You know, that keeps her going after Terminators and such. Like, her main purpose in life after that is to just hunt Terminators that are existing in this world or looking for them. But why are there Terminators still existing in this world? (sighs) I guess for whatever fate that comes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, that's the next aspect of the film, which okay. is um, we find out that she's been getting random text messages out of nowhere that shows her locations for where um, a new Terminator might be showing up in time. And she goes to those locations and she kills them as soon as they appear. But she doesn't know who's giving her those locations. No. And I, I bet you can guess who is giving her those locations. It's Arnold. Yes. Okay. Fair it's enough. it's the Arnold that killed her son, which uh, apparently he's grown humanity after living in with humans for twenty years. Is that even what? What? So because he helps some other woman after he kills her son, um, raise a child, he he feels compassion and understanding why Linda Hamilton's character would be upset with the fact. What? Yes. <laughs> How does that not go against, like, his programming? I guess his only programming left in him, this is the way they explain it, is to assimilate to human life. And he learns how to be a human. That makes absolutely He still talks like a Terminator. (laughs) And he's living like a human. And nobody knows what he is. Does his wife understand who he is? Nobody knows. Not his wife, not his kid, nobody. Wait, did, but it's not actually it's, his kid. It's not right? actually his child. Okay, because he be doesn't like, have a physical relationship <laughs> with her. Um, they just well, that that just ruined the whole movie for me. I don't <laughs> understand what. So okay, because in the in T two, mm-hmm. they start to like the Terminator that is helping them has been programmed by John, John Connor, yeah, right in the future to do so. But then, don't they, like, tamper with him even further so he can, like, learn new things or something like that? Or they take out a chip? or There's something weird in there. I, I think he's just, after he's already been turned, he just starts learning with John. Like, John okay. tries, tries to... Because I actually re- recently rewatched two. Okay. Not too long ago. I don't think they tampered with him any It just further. feels like it's, it goes against, like their like program their protocol mm-hmm. like and then why would they like oh why wouldn't they just have them like i don't know self-destruct or something why would you keep them living like okay well once you have a nice life after you completed your mission yeah. so <laughs> you go ahead and enjoy humanity well i guess you could think oh they're just gonna rejoin skynet once it starts yes but there's but, no skynet yeah okay all right so what's the new big bad then the new big bad is um so the U.S. military or some military group, they don't say, 
um, has built a new type of like AI called Legion. And of course that creates new Terminators, which they're called Revs or something. Okay. So even the people in the future, like um, the cyborg, has no idea what a Terminator is and doesn't understand what Linda Hamilton's talking about when she first brings it up. Uh, um, okay. So, but it seems like just the whole concept of an AI-run world yes. is just something that they can't get past. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? Inevitable. 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 It's just inevitable. Yes. I mean, it's. I mean, I can totally see that in our in our reality. I've watched plenty of videos of people teaching robots how to fight lately. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened next week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I feel like those aspects play along too much with the premise of Terminator Three that we already got. Yeah, it's too similar. Yeah, a little, a little, bit, a little too convenient. I I think that the work that they did on Rev Nine was awesome, though. I think his effects are perfect throughout the film, but it feels like that's where all the budget went, was to make the Rev-9 look as cool as possible, and he, all the CG work otherwise is just kind of eh. Coming from the trailer, just from mm. seeing the trailer, I, he he did sell the film for me. I did like the look of the new Terminators mm-hmm. and everything like that, and at least like the upgrades they gave him. So, um, I will say another thing that works about this film is... They do a lot with the with the um, cyborg character. They show flashbacks of kind of like what the future looks like. Oh, okay. And you know, it almost plays with those kind of early what like the scenes that they took out of Terminator Two, uh-huh. which was like the big war scenes and stuff like that. They kind of played with those in this. So they give you a little more of a give background. you a little bit more, yeah. Um, okay. And seeing the Rev Nines like in full Terminator kill mode running down, they're terrifying. Okay. You know, you have this like terminator body running at you but it's liquid parts are just like snaking and stabbing things around it it it, it was a terrifying robot Sounds pretty i thought badass. it was a great design all right man well uh how was the direction how was tim miller um deadpool fan it's it feels i feel like tim miller can do better in general okay i feel like this just felt like a standard action film throughout it i didn't see anything that really like says, hey, man, this is you know great cinematography, great you know direction. So it's kind of like color by number? Yeah. Okay, that's unfortunate. I would say it's more on the average level. Okay. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Like, he didn't do anything new. Mm-hmm. Like, it brought anything new to the franchise. Exactly. So he just kind of followed the template. Um, well, that's unfortunate, because I, I feel like he's a promising director. Um, I was going to say young director, but I think he's like in his 50s. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um. All right. Well, uh, performances. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton stands out. You know, um, she, you know, she has to play this character who's, you know, she's been tortured by her son's death. Uh, she's been hunting Terminators her entire life. She's in. You know, she's getting elderly, and then she runs into the Terminator that killed her son. And you know, we get this kind of like immediate, like she freaks out. She okay. like everyone's like trying to say, "Hey, we came here to get help. What are you doing?" She's pulling out guns. She's ready right. to. Yeah. <laughs> she has that natural reaction. Um, they talk her off that ledge and everything. But I, I would say the the end, which it wasn't on her. I just say the rest of the film where she has to work with the Terminator just felt very cookie cutter. Okay, you know, it's like of course, you know, now they're working so well together. Did she know that he was still out there? 
Um, yes. See, I'm surprised that she immediately recognized that this was well, this would have to be the one that killed her son. Just because he's aged. Yes. I didn't know that they aged either. I didn't know that. Well, was that was athlete. something they established. Did they establish in, like, that? the sequels? All right, it's been a while, him, but, so mm-hmm. that's ah, man. Okay, it's synthetic skin, man. It's supposed to age. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how you keep Arnold in the f- fucking franchise. Yeah, I think the franchise can move on without mm. Arnold at this point, though. Yeah, man. I I don't think I brought this up on Mike, but he he fucking he's his name is Carl. Mm. Um, he, he does drapes. <laughs> Drapes. Yes. He makes this whole joke in the fucking film where it's like um, he was telling some dad that he can't give this color drapes to his daughter's bedroom. Like that would be so like faux pas. Uh, I was like, I don't need this from a Terminator. No. <laughs> okay. I, I couldn't suspend <laughs> I couldn't suspend belief for this woman being with him for twenty years and not thinking anything was weird about him. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to tap out. <laughs> I, I'm not catching this in the theater, it sounds like. My grade might surprise you. Selling but... drapes? <laughs> yes. They couldn't have come up with a better idea for... Man. It, was, it was what they probably thought was funny. Did day. they... So, I mean, did they hammer home the joke? Like, I don't know. Did they beat you over the head with that? No, it's... I mean, they make about three jokes about it, and that's about it. Okay. Okay. Um, I would say the ending is too similar to T2 um, with the way that they have to get rid of the Rev-9. Um, it just felt like, hey, T2's our templates. We'll do some, some extra things, but you know that's just kind of like... What's so, but franchise-wise, is this going to be like, you know, the Grace and Danny show from here on out? Um, I mean, it's possible because Danny meets Grace as a kid in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's you know we'll see how that goes if they were to play it. I'm assuming it would just be like people hunting um, Danny throughout her entire life till she's an adult. Can we get past this gimmick of? <laughs> That's how these films work. That's how I it's know, always but been. I just like I said, I'm I'm not a fan of Salvation, but at least they're trying something different. Mm. Where I feel like there's only so far you can go with this gimmick, you know, of you know the the. The Terminator trying to protect, you know, the salvation for the future. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just have the scenario going over and over again. Like, I just. I mean, it would be great to see something new, but I don't see them doing it. Well, this movie bombed big in the box office. Ooh. This movie only made $29 million in the box office this weekend, and the budget was about like $190 million. So it's probably going to get rebooted again. Yeah. Or just scrapped altogether for like at least the next like five, ten years. They won't wait five because they have to hold the rights. Really? <laughs> They'll have to put out something. The, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> they're probably not going to continue on with the storyline, mm-hmm. though, guessing. So unless like it really like just garners this huge like cult following or something. I can't imagine it. Yeah. So. But then to go back to your point, they're just going to recycle the same storyline. It's the savior of the world. I don't mind that if it's a hard reboot and we don't have to deal with like an older Arnold Schwarzenegger running around mm-hmm. who's putting up drapes for kids. I mean, I don't I don't even can't even <laughs> wrap my head around that sentence. But if we're just getting a 
hard like reboot of the original Terminator, maybe T2, and then we move on as a franchise and continue that storyline, I think that's going to be okay. Like, you know, something along the lines of what Salvation, you know, brought, but just good, you know? I mean, I could only hope. So, but yeah, this, this is a... I, I, I feel the nostalgia button for Terminator has kind of worn out. Which is, I, I don't know, man. Like, it, for me, it's been all about those first two movies. And then mm. after that, I don't know. They've done nothing. And the, those, God, what was it, the mid-90s that Terminator 2 came out? So, I mean, that's a good, you know, over 20, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's time to move on, I think. I think we can go ahead and reset the table and let's tell a different story, maybe. <laughs> so, we just got to get over the whole Arnold aspect yes. of it. he is definitely bogging down these films i agree i agree because they have to write in some stupid reason why he is old in there yeah for it to make sense but it just doesn't work unfortunately like linda hamilton's character coming back might work maybe not necessarily in the continuity of t2 but i mean i don't know we don't need arnold Mm -hmm. you know we just don't need arnold at this point so it's been fun but Hasta la vista. <laughs> you were setting that Sorry. up this whole time. <laughs> this whole no. episode. No. This whole episode. <laughs> Since I saw the first trailer. <laughs> All right. Well, to give my official grade, I am going to give this a B minus. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's it was better than a C for sure. Okay. But and it was it was better than what I thought I was getting when I went into the theater. But my hopes were very low. <laughs> Do you feel like it's the performances that carried it to B minus? Um, definitely. It was definitely Linda Hamilton and um, the cyborg Grace uh, okay. that kept that film going. I like their dynamic, um, which is too bad because <laughs> that's all you're gonna get exactly <laughs> with twenty eight million dollars. Yeah, I heard that number. I was like, what? Cause I just felt I felt like there was bigger buzz around that, mm-hmm. you know. I I don't know, man. That's too bad. Hopefully, Gabrielle Luna still can play um, Ghost Rider in the future. Yeah, <laughs> you can right. hold on to that money. Oh yeah, that's gotta be <laughs> man. That guy's having a shitty month, yeah. huh? <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's move on and talk some wrestling. Yes. With impressionable youth, this isn't about my dad. This isn't about the dead, it's about the living. It's about my mother, it's about my sister, it's about my wife, it's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to un-goddamn-deniable. At full gear. At full gear, I beat you. I become the world champion, and you fall back into your circle, your inner circle, and you let them know the ground should be rumbling between their feet because the elite are coming. And when the elite and the inner circle square off, it'll be a match beyond, and we are going to eat you alive. All right, so it's been a while since we've talked WWE. You know, we took a brief hiatus with Crown Jewel, you know, on the horizon. Um, 
you know, just a personal choice on our part, mm. but they had a hell of a week, right? Yeah. <laughs> Crown Jewel's over, so we can talk WWE. The embargo's been lifted. Um, man, what a fucking week. Yes. Um, we had we had the whole Saudi debacle. The wrestlers stranded, possibly held hostage there um, over business dealings that were completely out of their control. It was mechanical issues uh, with uh-huh. Brian Damon. Accusations that Vince actually abandoned them, which I still find hard to... I, for me, I don't see him actually doing that. I mean, planes take off at different times. Um, maybe he should have stuck around to see mm-hmm. if that was going to be an issue. Um, since it definitely sounded like there was some tension between Saudi and, you know, WWE, but I don't know if he felt like they were going to actually pull something like that. I don't, I don't know if he could foresee that happening. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was definitely rumors of an uprising with the talent. Um, a lot of people like, you know, lashing out on Twitter. Um, a lot of people weirdly going Twitter silent for 24 hours, which actually had a lot of people scared. Um, but you know, everyone's home safe and sound. Um, there are a lot of talent coming out now, you know, saying that it was a mechanical issue. Um, it sounds like a company line, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, in the meantime, Bray Wyatt has, uh, won the WWE universal title, um, in what a lot of people are saying was a pretty shitty match. For some reason, they're still using that goddamn red light. Um, during the entire fucking match, they just, I, you know, I was thinking back and I have to go back on the WWE network and check this out. I feel like Kane had something similar to that when he first like debuted and his like first like handful of matches where they were keeping like this weird red light, you know, like throughout the impressed. I know the first hell in the cell. When he, he came appeared. out. Yeah. Yes. Was all red. But for some reason, I, I don't know. I'm just picturing a couple other like like brief fucking matches that he mm-hmm. had because he had just like a handful of like squash matches before he met the undertaker finally at wrestlemania but i i felt like they did the same kind of gimmick with him hopefully it, i mean it definitely sounds like it's not working so hopefully they get away from that with bray because it's going to do nothing but you know hurt his character i feel like because people are going to look forward to the match uh, it looks cool in clips, but it doesn't work for no, sending like, through like a 20 minute match. Exactly. Maybe do it like the beginning of the match or at the end of the match, something like that. But yeah, no, not the entire fucking match. Um, but I didn't was... even see the goddamn mm-hmm. crown. Did you see any of it? No. I didn't see a second of it. <laughs> but that was a personal choice. So, uh, but in the meantime, with everything that was happening with, you know, wrestlers not being able to make it back to the States. Uh, we got a great SmackDown show. We had the NXT invading SmackDown. Um, it was something that was going to eventually happen and everything with the Survivor Series, Mm -hmm. um, stipulation that they put in place where it's going to be all three brands, uh, competing, but it felt like they kind of got their hands forced and, you know, out of that, you know, they actually ended up putting on and producing a decent show, something that was, you know... Um, fresh and surprising and kind of kept you on the edge of the sea. It actually put over Adam Cole and NXT as a brand. Um, at least that first SmackDown. Um, you know, it, it, for me, the Raw, it was kind of a step backwards. Yeah. Um, I quickly realized that Vince doesn't know these characters at all um, and that they're just kind of like bodies. For him you know warm bodies just kind of going through the motions and just you know 
pawns in an invasion, you know, very similar to the way he booked like the WWE ECW invasion, where like for some reason, all these great uh, charismatic characters just had no personalities anymore. So, and like feuds that were going on just, you know, didn't mean anything. Um, very much the same thing here with, you know, the NXT invasion where you've got like, you know, Ciampa coming out and saving the und undisputed era, mm -hmm. you know, just, I mean, that doesn't make any fucking sense regardless. Um, you know, not for Ciampa's character and not for the undisputed, you know, uh, characters either. So, um, it, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, that aspect of it's, it's, is disappointing, but it, it was something different and fresh at the same mm. time. So um, Raw definitely, you know, brought me back to reality, though. So I don't know if you caught any of Raw. I caught clips. Um, yeah. They're still going on with the Rusev angle. Yes, that's still. At least it was <laughs> only 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it felt like an hour, though. I do agree. Uh, hopefully that goes to the wayside sooner than later. Um Seth is still obnoxious and is just not over anymore. And I feel like they need to turn him sooner than later. The crowd just starts booing now when he starts mm -hmm. talking on the mic. So he's kind of getting the Roman Reigns treatment, you know, that Roman had like a couple of years back. So it's just, he's done himself no favors. I mean, they've done him like no favors either. It's not all his fault, 100%. Mm -hmm. I mean, he needs to stay the fuck away from social media. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, I mean, the way they've booked him is just, I mean, Jesus Christ. I, I think we talked about, like, a month ago, where he's, like, cowering in the corner from Bray Wyatt. Mm -hmm. And just, just so fucking uncool. They just forgot, like, how to book baby faces. Um, I don't understand it. It feels like it's, like, 101. Like, wrestling 101. <laughs> But WWE cannot produce any baby faces anymore. I just you can't believe someone that went, you know, eye to eye with Brock Lesnar is going to be crying in the corner when he sees Bray. Yes, a person that he knows wearing a Halloween mask. Mm -hmm. You know, someone he's wrestled multiple times, but now is wearing a spooky mask and he can't fucking stand up to him and fight him like a man. Um, yeah, no, it just it, you know the way they booked Hell in the Cell. It's just been a fucking nightmare for the guy. And he can't get out of his own way, honestly. Mm. Um, so he did a, the WWE podcast with Corey Graves, and he just made matters worse. Um, it, it's just ugly at this point. Turn him fucking heel. Because it, it got so bad, like, over the last couple weeks, to the point where it's like, you know, being a wrestling fan and, you know, dealing with WWE for so many years, I was mm. like, is this actually a plan? <laughs> like, is this, is this a work? Is it a work? <laughs> Are they trying to, like, turn him heel? Like, just on social media, is this some weird uh -huh. Heyman experiment? Because <laughs> it's working. Um, but, yeah, no, no. They need to just get over Rollins. It's it's not working. And just find a new fucking storyline for that guy. Well, the shit he's saying, like, on social media and outside of WWE sounds like the shit that, like, um, Bailey's saying in the ring. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you guys don't care about me. It's like... Yeah, yeah. But this is... Pure heel stuff that he's saying. Yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, he's being a company guy to a fault. Mm -hmm. um, and he's... If he brought the authority back tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this feels like that Seth Rollins, mm -hmm. right? But he's... I feel like he's a natural heel. Just like... 
that's who he is in general. Just seeing like, you know, interviews with him and everything like that. He's kind of a smug, arrogant prick at times, you know. I love him as a wrestler. I think he's a phenomenal wrestler. But he comes off pretty fucking arrogant at times. So, I mean, makes for a great heel. Not for the best baby face, though. I'll take the evil cackle back. It's fine. Yes, yes. But that cackle's still there, strangely mm. enough. So... <laughs> Um, so the experiment is pretty much over. <coughs> Speaking of, you know, not experiments, but, um, WrestleMania champions that aren't doing well right now, fucking Kofi, they're just burying him left and right. He's taken multiple pins at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he was never a champion. Um, you know, he's just like a tag team competitor now. Like, like everything with WrestleMania, everything like that was a fucking dream. Um, I'm hoping this is some part of a storyline, um, it doesn't seem like it at this point, so we shall see. They would have shown at least something by now. But it's really fucking frustrating. It's really frustrating. So I, I, I hope something's coming for him, because this is ridiculous. I've never seen a former champion fall from grace so quickly. Um, it, it's, it's, it's Miz-like. I was about to say, well. I'm like, the Miz? No, but even <laughs> the Miz, I felt like, got a few title rematches. True. So it's like Kofi lost and that was it. You know, that was it. And we were supposed to be like mind wiped and forget that he was champion ever. So he didn't even mention it the next week. <laughs> he was out there throwing fucking pancakes right. again. Like what sucks happened. is that they still promote like fan art with him with the title and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, of course. They want, they want your money. <laughs> they just don't want your fucking bookings. So. I think the only thing that over the main roster type shows that actually upset me was um, how the Kabuki Warriors lost to Charlotte and uh, Natalia. Yes. Definitely for me felt like it was a cookie for Natalia. Mm-hmm. It was just a way to say thank you for going to Saudi and, you know, representing the women division. So here we go. We're going to give you a win over Asuka. Um, it made no sense storyline wise. Um, once again, it's a, you know, just proof just more evidence of just all those crown jewel fucking events just muddying up the fucking works and ruining like you know angles and momentum Mm. so every time those fucking you know shows come about like the month before and after it's just a fucking shit show because they they have to basically you know the uh, book from the ground up again and they have to like rewrite shit and characters are you know acting out of sorts angle wise because they they have to book towards this glorified house show so they have to put a brakes on like the brakes on everything else that's going on like especially like even with the women's division because they can't bring mm-hmm. the women over there now it sounds like they're going to be able to bring some women over there at this point um but i don't know man I don't know. It's really disappointing because really Asuka was being tailored for Becky, it seemed like. But now, like, who really gives a shit about that if you have mm-hmm. her losing to Natalia? And it doesn't even look like Charlotte and Natalia are going to be, like, teaming in the future. It felt like a one-off. They beat the tag team champions, but, like, the commentators didn't even make, like, you know, like, hey, well, this definitely means they should be getting a title shot in the future. They didn't even, like, specify that, which was odd. Because I thought, okay, well, this definitely means, like, they're the number one contenders. No, they didn't even talk about that. They just felt like, oh, it's a matter of fact now that Asuka can (laughs) can lose to Natalia. So, yeah, it just, it makes no sense. She's going to be your top opponent for your number one baby face 
in you know the women's division, mm. then you've got to protect her a little. You can't have her fucking you know tapping out to Natalia because everything that you've told us in the past about Natalia is she's a mid carter at best, which is unfortunate because she's a very a very talented wrestler. But yeah, no, it it made absolutely no sense. So all right, well. Uh, NXT came around this week Mm -hmm. and, you know, I thought maybe they would capitalize on, you know, the momentum that they had from SmackDown. Um, Overall, I thought the show was solid, but I was a little disappointed that we didn't get a little bigger receipt from Raw and SmackDown. Only the OC showed up. So I almost felt like, you know, NXT wasn't worth the rest of the roster's time, Mm -hmm. even though they were, you know... Supposedly terrorizing SmackDown. To be fair, they probably just wanted to stay home for one. Yeah, they probably didn't want to get in another fucking airplane, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you can have them SmackDown. live in Florida nowadays. Yeah, like, you can have SmackDown. We don't give a shit. We're just glad to be home on American <laughs> soil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, but overall, I thought the show was solid. Um, I did like the angle that they did shoot with like the OC where there's kind of the idea of, you know, the OC versus the Undisputed. I'm wondering if that's going to end up being paid off in, like, a possible, like, Survivor Series match of some sort. Um, Now that we know that they're getting away from... Because at first, when they announced that NXT was going to be part of Survivor Series, Mm. everyone kind of assumed it was going to be, you know, like a triple threat type deal with all the championships. Um which I don't know if I'm necessarily if I would necessarily want to see like you know Bray Wyatt versus Adam Cole versus Brock Lesnar. I'd watch it. <laughs> It'd probably be fun, but I'm just scared that Adam Cole would be just kind of like the third wheel in that match. Um, you wouldn't want to see Bray get out of like twenty F fives. <laughs> well, that's still a possibility down the line. Sure. But I feel like they waste those matches on Survivor Series, where that's like a WrestleMania caliber match. Mm-hmm. So I, I I wish they would get away from the whole champion versus champion aspect of Survivor Series that's been happening the last couple of years. I miss just the standard Survivor Series, you know, team matches, the elimination matches. Um, but yeah, no, I it's I, I like the idea of the OC versus you know um, the Undisputed Era, especially if like Finn is kind of played as like a wild card, like. Whose side is he really on? And that's mm-hmm. how the show kind of ended with, you know, I, it was the OC versus uh, Matt Riddle, uh, Keith Lee, and Ciampa. Um, it was a fucking phenomenal match. Um, Finn comes out, ends up helping out uh, the OC. We have this not so much a, well, kind of like a Bullet Club salute going on between AJ Styles and Finn. You know, Finn does the guns and mm-hmm. AJ does the two sweets. Um, and then all of a sudden, Undisputed Era kind of sneaks up behind AJ. So it kind of leads you to believe, like, well, did Finn just come out to distract AJ so then the Undisputed Era could, like, you know, get the dupe on him? Or was he really there to help? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I find that intriguing. I think that's good storytelling. You know, um, I thought it was a great finish to the show. Um, I don't. Did you actually see NXT this week? I saw clips so far. Okay, I haven't had time to watch the clips. I still will watch it before yeah. Survivor Series comes around. I was just surprised that they didn't like I don't know capitalize on everything though, like Survivor Series wise. Yeah, I thought you'd get a few more 
you know, WWE guys, you know, SmackDown guys or Raw guys. There. Wait, how great would it have been to have Becky just show up? Well, that's I was I was actually expecting to see Bailey come out because I feel like Bailey's kind of mm-hmm. got lost in the shuffle. That was Shayna really has been like I don't know she's been stealing the show when it comes to the whole invasion invasion angle. Just the way she came out and like took out uh, Bailey and Sasha, I thought that was great and super exciting. And then um, the whole exchange between like Becky and her. I thought that was great shit. I mean, a little too scripted, but I loved that back and forth. Mm. And it, 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 you can tell they're invested in that program between the two. The way they shot and everything like that, um, it, it was really well done. And like she, she really held her own, you know, in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So I was super impressed with her. So that being said, though. I thought this would be a good opportunity for Bailey to show up and, you know, maybe get something back on Shayna. But they, I don't know, they didn't capitalize on that. So, and the Full Cell crowd would have gone nuts mm-hmm. if Becky or Bailey and Sasha showed, showed up. up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that would have been huge. And now, unfortunately, they're on a European tour next week. Oh. So they're not going to be able to do anything with it next week either. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get anything else NXT wise until the following week. Well, Rhea could come out and attack people. So do you think they'll actually fly NXT guys over to Europe to like invade those shows? I mean, it'd be cool. It'd be like the least expected thing, and I feel like the UK crowds will fucking sell the shit out of that for them. Yeah, because the Raw crowd was fucking dead this week. Horrible. Like they weren't reacting to anything. Um. That SmackDown crowd, they really, they put over mm-hmm. the NXT guys big time. They were into it. But that Raw crowd, I mean, I don't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> it's like they float, like they, I, I don't know, maybe they got the tickets for free or something like that. <laughs> but they were so disinterested in that fucking show. It was bizarre. Like there was crickets at times. And like moments that would usually get over with your standard like WWE audience mm-hmm. was just going right over this crowd's head. So I don't know. It didn't. It didn't help the product at all, if you will. So, um, all right. Well, speaking of another product, uh, we have AEW Full Gear this weekend. Um, did you actually catch the show? Yes, I watched it. All right. I, I thought it was a good go home show. How about you? It was a solid go home show, but at the same time, I feel like there was aspects to the show that made me feel like this is like AEW's baseline. Like if they were to have like my idea of what an average you know, AEW show in the future might be. Like, if you were just to pick a random episode down in the future, this would be it. So it wasn't good enough for you to sell a pay-per-view? Um, I would say there's segments that sold the pay-per-view. Okay. I wouldn't say the entire show did. Yeah, like the Brandon Cutler match. Mm-hmm. I felt like, I don't know. It didn't he's good. Work. He's real good. I was, I think he's good. Damon Scott uh, frowned yeah, right now. I, I but don't know. he's a good, you know, middle mid-card player. I don't know if he belongs on that show. And, mm. I, you know, just because I feel like you've got a lot of, you know, a lot of the roster sitting in the back. A lot more promising names back there that they could have used in that segment. Um, you know, the match was fine and everything against Sean Spears. But, I don't know, put, like, Jungle Boy out there or someone else, you know. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of these guys, you know, more than, like, one appearance mm-hmm. on, like, TNT. So now you've got Brandon Cutler in two appearances. You know, it just, it feels a little, 
you know, and I know, I don't want to say this, but it feels like nepotism. Like, you know, it's the Young Bucks buddy, so let's get him on the card and everything like that. You know, where the other guys are all kind of regulated to, like, you know, uh, dark, dark at yeah. this point. So I just would have liked to see someone else in that mm-hmm. match. And I know it was just a setup for, you know, uh, Sean Spears and uh, uh, Joey Janela, but I don't know, man. It, it was still, like, a good, like, almost 10-minute match. So it just felt like it could have been better utilized. And everything like that. I just I don't see myself becoming a huge Brandon Cutler fan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, that Cody promo was fucking phenomenal. I mean, that's one of the best babyface promos I've seen in years. So um, that definitely sold the pay per view for me. Mm-hmm. And then the whole like Jericho parody of yes. <laughs> the uh, little package that mm. they shot for Cody a couple weeks back that also was money. So, I would say they should have cleared the ring first before playing it. Okay, because when you they they immediately started playing the crowd audio to go along with the video, but the crowd is still focused on SCU. And everyone in the ring at that time, mm-hmm. so they're still chanting SCU. They're still technically. You know, I, I definitely like that. I feel like that was they forgot to cut the audio or something like that. That was bizarre because I was mm-hmm. like, "Is the crowd even seeing this video right now?" And it didn't feel like they were focused on that. They should have had like either a break in between or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it, it's a learning process, yes. right? Um, but the the promo itself, the whole little package itself, was mm-hmm. great. Um, and it just, it, I mean, it was so Jericho. You could see like his handwriting all over that fucking thing. So, um, but as far as the rest of the show, I, I see what you're saying where certain segments didn't necessarily, you know, get me to what, it, it didn't feel like a true like go home show, but like the segments that were definitely yeah. worked. So like, I love the brawl at the end. You know, and I, we've been seeing a lot of brawls on a lot of these shows lately, but I feel like their brawls are so well choreographed and they're so heightened. Um, they feel real and, you know, they, they're exciting where it's not this like whole like fucking paint by number thing that you've seen so often with like WWE and stuff, yeah. um, you know, where everyone got their moment in it and, you know, it got you excited for each one of their matches. I'm waiting for someone to go through the TNT logo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there. I'm like, someone's going through. Yeah, that will eventually happen. <laughs> I, I agree. That's going to happen. So, um, all right. Well, let's move on to the card and yes. let's make our predictions. Uh, well, early on, uh, we have a pre show match with Bia Presley versus Brett Baker. This is a match that they've been teasing since like before the show started with like all their, um, their early pay per views. And I still don't feel like this was built well. Yeah. To this moment. They're still not giving the women enough time. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate we only had, once again, it seems like the women division is regulated to, like, one segment per show at this Mm -hmm. point. Like, one match per show. um, Which is unfortunate. And that was something that WWE fell into, you know, for much of the last, like, decade until really, like... The women's evolution that we had the last couple of years. I mean, there's been such a lack of storyline for the women that I actually got excited when I saw Brandy Rhodes' uh, video package. You know what? I actually thought it was... um, It was more... I don't know. It was more well done than the one that we got prior. Mm -hmm. So I kind of understood what the hell was going on. Because the last one, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? (laughs) Like, I I, I don't get this. 
Um, but that's also a thing where I was like, Brandy's already over with this audience. Can mm. we spend some of that on another wrestler? Can we feature someone else, you know, in that spot? So and we've got um, ta- super talented women on Dark this week as well. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, yeah I will. I, I, the women's division has definitely been disappointing. I agree 100%. So um, I am looking forward to this match, mm-hmm. though. So. I'm going to go with Bia Presley because I feel like this is going to continue. I feel like this feud has legs at least. Um, so I feel like this is going to be the first of many matches. Yeah, I, I would say the same. That was my guess. Okay. Um, all right, next up we have Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. Okay. Um, this I didn't even know this angle was going on or this match was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I believe this was something they started on Dark. Yes. Um, I, I did not get a chance to watch Dark, you know, before Dynamite. So I had no clue when, you know, Sean Spears was having his match, why Joey Janela all of a sudden came out. Um, he tried to rip his tongue out with pliers. Yes, which is pretty <laughs> fucking extreme. <laughs> but fine. Um, that's the Tully Blanchard influence, I uh-huh. guess. <laughs> hey, they came out of Tully Blanchard's pocket. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's just walking around. Don't fuck with the horseman. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. This I feel like this is going to be a good match. We don't have any, like, uh, this is a straight match? Yep. No steps, huh? Um... So far, I feel like you're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I feel like you're gonna get Sean Spears going over here. Yeah, he doesn't have an impressive record right now. No, that's for sure. So, um, and he's supposed to be a big threat. So it's just like that's the way they're presenting him. Mm-hmm. But after a while, if he keeps on doing these like jobs, it it's not gonna you know do him any favors character wise. So I feel like he needs to get a big win here, and I think Joey Janela is you know the person to give it to him. Because I don't think Janela will be hurt by it at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but they're definitely fully invested in Joey Janela, too. Um, he's def- he's one of their feature stars at this point. Um, but yeah, I got to give it to Spears, and maybe this will continue on, you know, for, for you know, onto Dynamite at least, you know, be a feud for the next couple months. Um, all right, what do we have next? Uh, next, we have Rio versus Emi Sakura. Um, their match, the tag match that they had on the show. I think was one of the low points for me. Mostly, even though the crowd seemed to still be behind it, you know, it's mostly the fact that Emmy just was doing heel aspects, but then also would do the trying uh, to play up to the crowd, play up to the crowd, and do the um, Freddie Mercury gimmick. <laughs> not just the gimmick, but uh, was it uh, the We Will Rock You stomp in the after she's already like beaten her up so many times throughout the match. Didn't feel right at all. No. The crowd didn't get behind it whatsoever. It was completely dead for that. It was really weird. And do you feel like she's... Be- like, is she just usually a face and now she's kind of forced into, like, this heel role? I guess. And she's just not altering her gimmick because of it? Because her gimmick doesn't match up no, with... It, not at all. Like, her actions <laughs> in the ring at all. It's it just... it's She's not coming across as a believable heel character at all. Um, and just, it's too on the nose with the Freddie Mercury shit. I don't Mm. know if this is a gimmick that she has in Japan, or is this something that she's just started in AEW? Because when she first came out, we first saw her, she was definitely doing the You Will Rock You, but she wasn't in full Freddie, like, you know, gear or anything (laughs) like that. So I feel like that's a recent thing. Um, you know, the match was okay for me. 
I thought it did that thing that a lot of Rios matches do, though, where, like, at first it's kind of clunky and, you know, just feels like it's not clicking quite right. And then, like, about halfway through, all of a sudden they get into their groove and, you know, it starts picking up momentum. And then by, like, the last two minutes, you're really into the match. So I, I found myself getting into it at the end. There's some mm -hmm. great, like, exchanges. Yeah, like, these two can go. Yes. And they know each other well, and mm -hmm. you can tell. So I do think that it should have focused a little bit more on their partners rather than seeing them fight as much as that they were, especially if a pay-per-view is coming. You're right saying, now. like, keeping them apart yeah. a little? Yeah, yeah. I could, I d definitely agree. I guess they want to probably give Sakura, like, a win over her. So, like, you have, mm -hmm. like, a... It just feels like backward booking, too. Like, it feels like this should have been... This should have happened last week where Sakura gets the win over her to kind of justify her getting a title match. Because yeah. I didn't even know she was, like, the number one contender. Well, she's had so many victories, I guess, was their explanation. Okay. And maybe I need to pay more attention to the <laughs> records. So. But so early on, you know, mm. like, 2-0 and or 3-0 and doesn't look like, oh, hey, she's got to be the number one contender. So, but, uh, I mean, all right, man. Well, I, I feel like they'll end up putting on a good match, though, here. But I definitely, I don't see Rio losing that belt. No. You know, not to Sakura, so... Um, all right, what do we got next? Uh, next is SoCal Uncensored versus the Lucha Brothers versus Private Party. This should be a hell of a match. Yes. <laughs> no one's going to follow any of the tag team rules, but that's that's fine. Do I, you think they finally answer my prayers? What is that? It's it's just three guys in the ring. They don't have to do the two guys. Oh, tornado rules? Yes. They should just do tornado rules because it doesn't make... I mean... It, Triple threats, tag team wise, it's just it doesn't make any sense. No, there's no reason for that third team to stay out of the ring, and it just it becomes such a you know, I don't know, it just it, it defies logic at times. So, I would much rather have them do like tornado rules and let you know everyone like fuck the tags at this point, especially with the Lucha Brothers not doing tags half no. the time anyway, they don't care. <laughs> But that's Lucha's style, mm -hmm. you know, so they don't care. And a lot of these guys, a lot of these teams are coming from the independents, and the rules are pretty loose tag team-wise. They don't have, like, one set standard rule, you know, when you're going from, you know, different promotion to different promotion. So they're kind of, like, used to, like, bending those rules to, you know, cater to each one of the matches. So they they definitely need to kind of, you know, set the standard like rules, mm -hmm. you know, soon. So everyone has an idea. Especially if on. it's gonna continue to be one of their big focuses. Exactly. And I, I've loved all the tag team matches mm -hmm. so far. I really have. But there are times where I get a little annoyed with like, okay, well this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, where like I believe the Lucha Brothers were right, they like one of them took a tag while they were actually in the ring. Like, what? Come yeah, they were now. both standing in the corner and they yeah. just tagged. I don't think you'll ever get the Lucha Brothers to actually follow the, you know, the actual mm. tag team rules, but at least get everyone else on the same page. So, um, I don't foresee SoCal losing this soon, that being said. Um, I think it would be an interesting upset if the Lucha Brothers came out. I think it'd be more of the upset if Private Party, though, you know, walked away the titles. But they're definitely still green. Mm -hmm. um, so I just feel like SoCal just got those belts, so it's way too soon. 
to even like I would have been fine if they didn't even defend them on the the show and it would have been like a number one contender match mm-hmm. you know on the show for you know a, a chance to meet up with SoCal. Oh, I will say I hated LeBron's medals. I saw there was no purpose to that. Explain those to me because I saw the medals and I was like, why are they wearing medals? Is that supposed to be like it's ranking? So in the tournament, it's, it was the fight for third place between uh, the Dark Order and them. That would also get them an opportunity into this match. But I thought, like, this was pointless. There was no reason to give them medals for third place. Yeah. And to show them off, like, their titles. Yeah. It was like, this, that looks bad. Yeah, it's a bad look. I agree. (laughs) You know, it feels very little league. Like, Mm. everyone gets a trophy. You know, it just, I don't know. That match was also missing a hot tag for the end. Okay. Like, um, you, I don't remember his name, but he has the tails. Okay. He gets tagged in, and it immediately goes into the finisher, um, the gin and juice finisher. But, mm-hmm. I, like, there was, like, it felt like there was no momentum up into that. Like, um, the other guy's getting beat down for most of the match, and he finally gets his partner in, and then it's immediately into it's the finish. Grayson, right? Is it Grayson? I think. I don't remember their names at okay. this very moment. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. I definitely, that could have definitely helped the match. It just felt a little lackluster at that point. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the match still, but I, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I feel like it was probably the weaker of, like, private parties, like, showings yes. so far. Um, but, all right, man. So, next up we have Adam Page versus Pac. Um, I am looking forward to see what they're doing with Adam Page right now. Mm-hmm. I'm being the lead, they're, like, teasing a heel turn. Um, I, I'm wondering if, you know, this is going to kind of kickstart it here. Like if he loses again to pack, I don't see page winning. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's going to be a great match. Um, I feel like page is going to definitely up his game. Um, they've done a better job pushing page mm. recently. Um, but I don't know. I, I just feel like this is going to be the start of something storyline-wise for Paige. I could... I mean, my prediction is maybe a DQ finish. Okay. You we know, haven't it, seen a DQ finish mm-hmm. so far. So... Because um, I don't I don't picture them wanting to give Pac a, a loss right now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, just Paige doesn't need another one. Yeah, but if he loses, I feel like it kind of like starts that downward yeah, spiral. For absolutely. Him. So that that's why I could see him mm-hmm. losing cleanly to Pack and then kind of coming off the hinges. I um, agree. I feel like it's either Pack wins or it's a DQ. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. Um, I would have liked a little bit more exposure between these two teams going at it. Yeah, the Bucks weren't on the show at all mm-hmm. until the very end, until the, the whole brawl. So I was surprised by that. I thought maybe we'd at least get a promo package. You know, and I... My concern is is they're kind of figuring that everyone's following social media and seeing, like, you know, being the lead, and mm-hmm. they're kind of, like, resting on that too much, where I feel like they still need to focus, you know, on themselves to, you know during the actual TNT show to get themselves over. 
that plus that's how you bring in new viewers exactly get them interested in who you are because there's a lot of new eyes Mm -hmm. you know on your product right now you know and a lot of people who are being introduced to the young bucks for the first time i'm afraid they're too much like i we're the hip new companies that we have all the social media behind us Mm -hmm. and you know we have a huge following on youtube which i mean it makes sense nowadays but at the same time you you i agree you have to focus on the show exactly exactly so, I mean, that's actually one of the reasons why I was okay with the Bucks actually winning those tag team titles, you know, right off the bat. Because I felt like, okay, people will be, they'll be establishing themselves as a team. You know, who they are and everything like that. I mean, their work rate alone is doing mm-hmm. that. But, you know, you got to put yourselves over. So, you establish, okay, this is the baseline for the whole company. This is where everyone needs to reach. I mean, I guess they're going to do the story where the young Bucks are eventually going to be chasing after those titles, which is fine. But... I don't foresee that happening anytime soon with SoCal having the Um Right now, I think it's going to be Ortiz and Santana that get over in this match because I think they are going to start a program for the next pay-per-view and it'll be um, the Inner Circle versus the Elite. Okay. And we just kind of get this agitation. Yeah. It'll probably I, be like a Jake Hagar you know, interference or Sammy Guevara getting yes. involved. Yes, I love the work that Sammy's been doing mm. lately. Um, you know, he's definitely opened my eyes and everything like that. I, he's the inner circle. That whole like faction is definitely you know upping his you know um, his stock in my eyes and showcasing him really well. So I just think he's a great heel character. He's so young and like just cocky mm. and arrogant. <laughs> so. Um, I, I, I'm loving it. You know, he's got great swag, like, coming out to the ring and everything like that, too. So, I mean, give me more of that. You know, um, more evidence of, like, you know, Jericho, you know, getting the people around him over. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, yeah, I, I get, I definitely feel like Santana Ortiz are probably going to, you know, win this match. Because, is it, it's one of their first matches, right? They've had yeah. one other, right? Is that it? I, I can't. Think of another one. Unless I feel was like they had week. one other match and that was it. But I, I don't know. I, I can't. We've been watching a lot of wrestling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they need to establish themselves mm-hmm. right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, all right. So what do we have next? Uh, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley in a lights out match, unsanctioned. I would have liked to see more of a promo between these two guys. Uh, they did do a, another video package for them. Yeah, I just felt like it was kind of backwards the way they did. I felt like last week's shit was a better go home, mm-hmm. like you know, situation for them, you know, angle wise with Moxley's promo and everything like that. I felt like that was like the note to go into the pay per view on Moxley's promo last week was fantastic. Yes. So, um, you know, that being said. I'm not a huge fan of this being unsanctioned either. Um, I like the angle, though, of like Moxley being pissed off, kind of, that it's unsanctioned. Mm-hmm. Because he really wants to get that win over Kenny Omega, so he wants it to count. Um, you know, it shows like how desperate he is to like prove himself. Um, so that I thought that was really cool. Um, the whole storyline with Kenny like being on a losing streak that's kind of gone to the wayside, it seems like. You know, like where he was kind of like, it seems like we we're seeing like a darker like turn for the character. I feel like the last couple of weeks that's kind of disappeared for some yeah. reason. 
So he's, he's feeling, you know, he's back to his normal self. So I, okay. It just I'm, felt like that conclusion <laughs> to the arc came really sudden. Well, I don't think it is the conclusion. Okay. So you, I feel like Mox is going to win this match. Okay. Okay. And maybe then that kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, starts Kenny, you know, on that turn or back on that road yes. at least. All right. Well, we shall see. <laughs> um, so I, and I, I'm going to say Moxley goes over here too. Mm. But I, I feel like it's sad to say that um, I'm kind of ready for Moxley to move on to another opponent already. I, I'm excited yeah. to see this match, but I want to I want to see him in a different storyline with someone else. Yeah, we haven't really seen them in actual like you know actually wrestle, but exactly. that feels like this has been going on forever. Mm-hmm. So that injury really fucking sucked, man. <laughs> Just bad timing. Um, all right, and last but not least, Jericho versus Cody um, for the AEW World Championship. So on Dynamite this week, during that fantastic fucking promo, I can't put that over enough. Check mm-hmm. out that promo. Um, Cody announced that if he doesn't win this match, he will not have another shot at the AEW title forever. I'm not a huge fan of the stipulation. Asterisk subject to change, I yes. would say on there. But it feels like... If they go back on that, it's got to be for a huge reason. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it totally cheapens it, and it's a total like WWE move, you know, like storyline wise, to like kind of find a loophole or something like that. It's got to be a case where like people are fucking begging for it, like where Jericho beats like Cody. Um, by some, you know, slimy fucking heel, you know, way. And, you know, the fans are just dying for Cody to finally get that, like, title shot against him again. Where it's got to be, like, a month's bill. Like, this feels like a blow-off, like, uh, you know, stip mm. to me. Like, you know, after, like, three or four matches, this is, like, the final match, you know, stipulation for him. Not, like, the first match. So, um... I feel like they totally have a story like storyline like that in mind for this. Um, I don't foresee Jericho losing the belt this early on, even though like Cody's really over as a face right now. Um, it, it just feels too early, you know, especially, you know, now that he's kind of like the leader of this faction, everything like that. It definitely feels like they're headed towards like an inner circle versus, you know, elite type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just feels too soon to take the belt off Jericho. So it's just unfortunate that like, I feel like this is going to stop their program in its tracks for a while until they build back up to it. If that's where they're going to go with it. Um, although I do like, the idea of them addressing the fact that they are, you know, technically in charge of the company and Mm -hmm. everything like that. So, um, and maybe they'll kind of have more answers to that. You know, it's, it's kind of an issue when like, it's just publicly known and out there and it's not kayfabed, um, you know, cause it's like old territories and stuff like that. When you had, you know, a wrestler booking, it wasn't part of the storyline. It wasn't known at least to the general public, but the fact that it's so known and they talk about it all the time and everything like that, it does kind of like, I don't know, not, not discredit some of your storylines, but you know, if, if, 
you know, four of your main like stars are booking the show. Like, why wouldn't they book like be booking themselves into like, yeah. you know these matches? Um, but yeah, or why would they be surprised by anything that's happening? <laughs> so um, we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. But um, I, I just don't foresee Jericho losing. Here. No, uh, me neither. And I'm just I'm wondering, will it be clean? Or will it be, you know, by shenanigans? Oh, it's shenanigans. <laughs> I think it's going to be shenanigans. It's got to be. And then and he's just going to go week after week putting it in Cody's face that he can never get the title again. Exactly. And maybe he's just going through the elite, tearing mm-hmm. through them, you know, to the point where people are literally like, you know, Cody, you're the only one who can beat him. Um, you know, where somehow, you know, he wins back the right to face him again or something like that. So, um, and then he finally gets the big win. Exactly. Because there's no, I mean, he is definitely, he's, God, he's got to just be the top baby face in general right now in all the companies. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so fucking over. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to it though. It's going to be a hell of a match. And I, I feel like they're going to tell a really good story in the ring. So, all right, man. So that's going to do it for this week. Yes. And as always, make sure you check us out on dramacityproductions.com. Uh, that's a great website full of awesome podcasts. Definitely go over there and check them out. Um, otherwise, we are on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Everything from Podbean to iTunes and everything in between. That's right. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review as always. We definitely live off those five-star reviews. Yes. So <laughs> help a little show like us keep going. Feed me more. Speaking of supporting the show, you can go ahead and do so by buying some awesome nerd merch. That's right. Over at ProWrestlingTees.com. Get your nerd swag on. We're also on Tee Public too, yes. right? We got some awesome shirts up there, too. And mugs. And mugs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, make sure you're following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are your nerd hub for all your recent news and nerdum. So give us a follow. We're constantly posting different news articles, um, memes, everything underneath the fucking rainbow we yes. post. So, And if you're enjoying the music you're hearing right now, you're listening to Greg Brebner. He is our house DJ. You can find him on Instagram and SoundCloud. So definitely that, check him out. That's right. And at the top of the show, that was Them Guilty Aces. They're a local Chicago rockabilly band. Check them out on iTunes. And if you're ever in the Chicagoland area, go ahead and check out our show. They pretty much play every weekend. All right, Damon, what's coming up next week? Next week, we will be talking Dr. Sleep. Yes. And wrestling-wise, we'll talk some New Japan. There was a lot of shit going down over there. So Hiromu's back! Yes, he's back. God damn it. It's about cry. time. All right. <laughs> Hopefully he's healthy. Yes. (laughs) Because Jesus Christ. Lord. All right. But we'll we'll save it for next week. (laughs) It's three o'clock in the morning. We got to go. All right. My name is Christian. My name is David. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. I'm praying for Cody that he's going to survive. Chris Jericho, he's in the prime of his life. He's, He's 48. The youngest AEW champion in history. 